All right, guys. So on the first podcast, we want to take the first bit of the podcast before we start the show and take a minute to really bring a charity to spotlight. We want to make this as good as our community, this podcast, and the charities done by our hobby are fantastic. So the one I want to highlight is done by the people that made the Oathbreaker community. It's Weird Card Charity. I'm paraphrasing, but specifically, they have a charity called Magic Kids. It is magickids.org. Otherwise, you can find the link for this charity right on our website. It's thisweekinmtg.com. So this charity really does get involved. They send kits to kids to get them into magic. They have Magic Kids teachers to sponsor events. And they have a lot of volunteer opportunities to help other communities. Really check them out. You can become a sponsor. You can donate. I think they even have a spot to donate cards. It's... A fantastic charity that's really spreading quite fast. Oathbreaker, as that you know, casual format grows, the charity that's attached to it is really growing as well. But I just wanted to point this out, bring it attention, and charities like this grow the magic community as a whole. Without these, our hobbies just our own selfish fun of collecting cards. This is how we share, get kids into it, and make our communities that have magic a better place. Also, at the front of the podcast is normally where we have a sponsor. I didn't think we'd have a sponsor, but, uh, you know, Fleece outdid himself. He, That's uh, right. I didn't do anything. Right. He outdid himself. No, as we put out the trailer for the podcast, we were reached out to by Ultima Gaming. It's our hometown Magic the Gathering you know, local game store. And they have a big tournament coming, and they wanted to do a giveaway for our viewers for our first, uh, you know, couple months doing the podcast. Giveaway? What can go giveaway. wrong? So, number one, the Mythic Championship. If you're listening to this and you live in the Fargo, North Dakota to St. Cloud, Minnesota range, we're in this little town called Perm, Minnesota. Perm's fantastic. We have a growing community. It's really large for such a small town, but it's right off the freeway, and we're having a Mystic Championship. It's a 1K championship. It's going to be on October 5th. You can sign up online going to their Facebook page, but we have the link right on our website. That's right. This week in MTG.com. It's on the bottom of the page. You can purchase tickets right off of their Facebook page. I think they're $5 less right now as you pre-order them. So hop in. I mean, who wouldn't want to win $1,000 for playing Modern? I sure would. That would pay for my deck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. We're already talking about a $500 deck. Maybe you could get a couple of those. Woo! Nah, I'm going to stick with my expensive deck. I'm going to try hard. But no, go right to the website, sign up, and for all the listeners, as a thank you from Ultima Gaming, they have a giveaway in the bottom of our website. You'll literally see the giveaway link there as well. Sign up. We need your name, address, and phone number so we can send you the uh, prize and piano drum roll, maybe? Good enough. They are going to be giving away three M20 pre-release kits. Yes. Woo! Claps. Claps all around. Awesome. So we're undecided if we're going to give all three to one or if we're going to pick three and give them away. That's to be determined. We'll probably let you know in the next episode. But again, thanks to Ultima Gaming in Perm, Minnesota. We really like to see people come out to the Mystic Championship. And to our show. Cue the intro. 
welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Rob Zolson. What up? Isn't that intro lit? I'm loving it. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, so guys, welcome to the podcast. This is episode one. We're going to try to set the bar, the tone, if you will, for this podcast. Today with me, I have Fleece, the producer. Introduce yourself, sir. That's me. I'm Fleece. I am the producer. It's in the name. So... I'm going to level with you guys. We just got all the equipment set up. We're going to be getting slight better mics, so Fleece is going to sound a little bit, uh, you know, trash today. Like but sh- Like shh. Like shh. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Anyways, we are also connecting a keyboard so we can make fart noises. Wait, no. He actually farted. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I should go wipe. But anyways, so to... <laughs> I knew it. He does like the keyboard. Anyways, so today we're going to go over, a, again, this week in MTG. So... I want this podcast to be a clip for those of you that don't live and breathe magic, but love the hobby as much as I do. So if I can just make a easy, digestible, fun podcast, that can be your way to update on our wonderful hobby. So first things first, top of the news articles is Commander 2019. They're starting to do the actual reveals of the cards, and I gotta say, they're they're delicious. Right now, we're only getting a lot of the legendary creatures. There's not a whole lot. They did bring us a land, uh, uncommon blue card, but I'll go through some of them here. Right off the top, you know, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Kurik? Kurik. Son of Yogmoth. Kurik? Yeah. I don't know. It's got an apostrophe. It's real weird. It's probably in Phyrexian. I got to put some spitting in there like I'm Russian. Not sure. But it is a legendary horror minion, four colorless mana, three black Phyrexian mana. It has lifelink. It's a 2-2. Two, two. But the big deal here is it's going to be those mono black deck players are going to use the bottom ability. For each black mana you cast, you may pay two life rather than pay mana for any other card in your deck. And whenever you cast a black spell, you put a 1-1 counter on the Son of Yogmoth. This is going to be insane. So if you can cheat him out some way, ramp him out quickly, you can essentially... Empty your deck for life instead of mana. So if you have to play that quick spell, something flash, it doesn't matter what it is. If he's out, you can cheat any card as those Phyrexian mana. Mana fixed. If you want to use him as not your commander, keep him as your commander so you can guarantee him out to play your deck. Literally my favorite card so far from the set, besides Leadership uh, Vacuum, it's a 3-drop instant blue card. Target player returns each commander they control from the battlefield to the command zone, and then you draw a card. I, I love that. So if, say, someone stole you know, three commanders or so the board commanders, you can return all the commanders back to the original uh, command zone, not their command zone. It's just nice to be able to have that sort of bounce mechanic that punishes specific commanders. It's just another way to deal with uh, other people's kits. But there's a lot of others, like... Uh, was it uh, today is August 4th yesterday they released Gerard Weatherlight Hero and the flavor text explains it more than the actual card Gerard's final act ensured his legacy would never die so his ability is again he has first strike but his ability is when he dies exile it and return it all artifacts and creatures from your graveyard that were put in the battle uh, or put there from the battlefield this turn back in so when he dies or someone board wipes and he's along with it, he returns everything else back to the board. It's just a way of protecting 
quote unquote his Weatherite crew, and it's Gerard Weatherite Hero. I I just love it personally. It's nice to have something that's guaranteed protection from board wipes since Commander's so board wipe heavy. I remember my last time playing Commander, there were board wipes all over. That was uh that was my fault. <laughs> Never play against mono one. white. That's right. So the other ones are some of their uncommons. Um, we have a Scarecrow, it's Scare-Tiller. When it becomes tapped, choose one. You may put a land from your hand to the battlefield tapped or return target land card from the graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So it's going to go in a lot of those black-green land recursion decks or even like a red-green recursion deck. I can see this being used a lot in Oathbreaker. We have the new Renin 6 Planeswalker. That will certainly be abused, but... It's going to be a great set. The main commanders that they're going to have is going to be Morph Commander, which I'll go over here in a minute. They're going to have the Madness Commander and the Flashback Commanders are the ones that I, I love the most. So I'll go into the prices and what's spiking because of it, but let's go with the Morph Commander first. So I'm going to butcher these names. You're going to have to forgive me. But uh, Kadena, Slinking Sorcerer, four cost. Again, it's one colorless, black, green, and blue. The first face-down creature spell you cast each turn costs three less to cast. So, hello, Morph. All those old Morph cards, they're all going to come back. Whenever a face-down card enters the battlefield under control, draw a card as its second ability. So, not only do you get to play them for cheaper, you also get to draw cards from it and gain more gas. It's it's going gonna, it's gonna to break a lot of morph decks and you're just going to automatically see a morph card want to board wipe immediately. It's, it's going to be disgusting. And a lot of the prices with morph cards, just because of this leak really did explode. The other one, which my friend, Mike, he's huge into vampires and he's been waiting for this madness commander so much is, um, A N J E. How, how would you, how would you pronounce that fleece? A N J E. I want to say Angie, but I know that's completely wrong. Yeah, We're going to go with Angie. Pharmaceutical name or something, you know? Angie, bring onto the battlefield. <laughs> Side effects may include anal seepage. <gasps> Wait, we're going to censor that in B-roll, right? I hope so. <laughs> Anyways, not. we'll just say Angie Falconrath. It's a three-cost total uh, commander card. It's a legendary creature, vampire. One colorless, one black, one red. It has haste. Tap, discard a card, then draw a card. Whenever you discard a card that has madness, untap Falcon Wrath. So you're purposely discarding a card with madness. Maybe you can play it for free, a lot cheaper. When you cast the madness cost, you get to do it all over again. My mind is blown. And you get to draw a card off of it. So it's literally a madness engine. Fill a deck with madness. You have enough mana or a way to cheat it. Boom, you're set. You're going to just... You're going to throw that out. So there's a card called One With Nothing. Uh, I'm trying to remember the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. One black, instant speed, empty your hand. Like People have been trying to figure out a way to use that to cast all their cards with madness. I think this singularly answers this question for Commander at least. Tap, draw a card, play madness. It's just, it's beautiful. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of infinite combos with it. But the other one... Gear Red Conclave Exile. It's a total of 5 CMC. Legendary creature, Human Shaman. When it enters the battlefield, create a 4-4 green rhino creature token with trample. 
When it attacks, populate. Token uh, enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. So it copies itself, and it creates rhinos. That's that's disgusting. Well, there's a lot more that's going to be released. There's also others. I really recommend using Mythic Spoiler. It's my tool that I use for a lot of these. I like to use the word leak, but these are official magic releases that they sponsor with people. They also include leaks on here. There's been this whole debate on Reddit whether you know cards that are leaked should be covered up so they don't spoil it for other people. But as long as it has a spoiler flag or you're going to Mythic Spoiler, you, you know that you're wanting to see the latest leaked or officially released cards. So, uh, spoiler warning, if you may. Well, next thing on the list I'd like to go over is price trends. So, there's a tool that I like to use. It's MTG Stocks. And if you're investing, collecting, or saving, or just want to know what your overall collection's worth, I highly recommend using this website. It's completely free. I've actually talked with the uh, owner and developer of it. He's a great guy. He literally does this just because he's a fan of Magic, just like us. And what they do is they have this column here. Um, it's by Peter. I can't remember his last name, but he has weekly winners. And I love using these. And you'll be hearing these weekly in my show along with other price spikes. I don't just like copy other people's material, but I just want to make sure to give that plug out to the website because they, they deserve some love. So the weekly winners is, again, everything that's going to back across Commander Set. The main price spikes are morph cards. We're seeing all the morph cards from the old... Um, sets such as Onslaught and others. So top of the list I could say is Ixador Reality, uh, Reality Sculptor. Face down cards get 1-1. One, one. Pay 3 mana, which is 2 colors and 1 blue. Turn target face down creature face up. Again, all these cards are going to get Spike. That's again a Morph Lord. There's other ones with Mega Morph, so you can uh, flip them do an ability. Everything that has to do with Morph is skyrocketing right now. Secret plans. Um, secret plan face down creatures get zero one, so they stay alive longer. And whenever you flip them, draw a card, more engine. All these cards are going to keep continue going up until the set releases, and then it's probably going to find a place to level out. So if you're going to get it, I can't say there's a great time to get it because they've already spiked. Next piece is the cheap pickups. Um, some of the cheap pickups that you've seen are for staples. I love Containment Priest. Containment Priest uh, is a two-drop flash human cleric. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. So if someone's trying to cheat out using Through the Breach or something else in Commander that they're trying to get that you know, Eldrazi Titan out, it completely protects them. They have to use mana some way. There's infinite combos. There's ways of getting mana. It just keeps another piece of control so your players aren't cheating. Also, because of the new land drops in the new Modern Horizon sets, Grove of the Burnwill is finally balancing out to that mid-quill price. So right now it's going to dip the hardest, and it's probably going to go back up to the $15 all the other lands are going. Grove of the Burnwillow is sitting somewhere around that $10, $11 price mark. If you need copies, now's the time because they're, they're going to go up from here. On top of the price spikes, the you know, easy pickups, the price spikes because you know either the Magic's rotating or Commander Set was leaked, I'd like to point out a couple things that I, my opinion is to buy. Magic the Gathering is going to be releasing a new set called Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine is going to be a fairy tale 
set. It's going to have the mythical creatures such as werewolves. It's going to have even crazy gingerbread men. But above all else that everybody's super hyped about, including my wife, is fairies. Fairies are coming back, baby. It's not going to be Tinkerbell. These fairies are going to be here to stay. So when it was announced, fairies were right on the cover. So people were overhyped about fairies. Fairies got a price spike. Then Mark Rosewater came out with a post saying that there's, it's not going to be a complete fairy set. You're overhyping fairies. It's not going to be 100% fairies. But there's still going to be fairies. So I still suggest that if you're going to pick up stuff, do it before they actually do the card um, releases and spoil them. Right now, there's a bunch of different commons that are going for lower prices. They're mainly used in Popper, a lot of uh, Popper fairies, such as Spellstutter Sprite, stuff as Pestermite, even uh, Latchkey fairies. And these are great pickups, not only if you want to make your own fairy deck, but as investments. If you can pick up, say, eight copies and then flip them after Eldrain comes out or the cards get leaked, you have a really good battle plan to make a small investment me i like flipping a few cards i don't go heavy in it but stuff like this it's uh it's a fun gamble there's no guarantees but my recommendation if you're going to try to either want to collect fairies yourselves or looking for that fun you know magic stock flip that would be my pick next in the list is i mean i really just want to go over more throne of eldraine i mean gingerbread people yeah that's kind of exciting so I love cookies, but I've never thought I could personify diabetes in a card, so I'm super hyped right now. What are you talking about? You ever seen the first Shrek? <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm looking at at least. Oh, that's right. That's all I can imagine right now. Farquaad just ripping his legs off and everything. I feel like we need some sound clips from uh, from that show, but uh, that may be copyright. We'll see what we can get as we'll, far as samples. We'll work. We got to get that prepped for because there's going to be a lot more Thunder Eldrain information. Eddie Murphy to do some donkey sounds and we're good. <laughs> there you go. I mean, just the gingerbread himself. What was it like? You're a monster. Something like that. Basically. So the stuff we already know is that Will and Rowan Kenrith, planes, uh, the Planeswalkers from Battlebond, will be in this set. This is apparently is their home world, is all we know. It's on the box art. We're guaranteed to have them somewhere, somehow. Are they going to have the partner mechanic? I'd love to see it. Um, I know Commander players would love to see it. That's a, a certainly beloved mechanic. When Battlebond came out, it was like Commander Masters. That's really what everybody called it. And... If we could just continue that in a standard legal set, especially because they're going to be pumping Brawl, they got to keep that mechanic. That way they can have it in the command zone. Um, other than that, just, you know, my other wish is I want dwarves. If you're going to go to a storybook land, I really want to see the seven dwarves at least memed a little bit. You know, we, we have original dwarves back in, you know, classic magic. We had them finally printed again in Kaladesh. I think it'd just be great to add people's collections and make the Seven Dwarves somehow. Oh, yeah. There's going to be other storybook themes. I think Red Riding Hood's uh, kind of, I don't know, kind of leaked, at least give info. It's possible anyway. But there's not a whole lot more else that uh, we have documented. They're going to be releasing more information very soon. But again, right now, all hype is going on. The Commander 2019 box set. Next segment I'd like to go over is the latest decks. So it's not necessarily, you know, the latest decks being played, but what's really rotating in meta. So I'm not a standard player, but I don't want to leave standard out. Number one, Bant Scapeshift. 
I don't know if you guys seen this deck. I love using MTG Goldfish to see really what's transitioning because they use a lot of analytics based on tournaments and, and real win percentage. They're not just doing it what shows up, but also what's won. And this deck is clearly dominating. The idea of the combo of Bant Scapeshift, for those that don't know, Scapeshift has been used in Modern for a long time. The idea of Scapeshift is 4-drop, you cast it, you sacrifice lands, and then you go fetch the amount of sacrificed lands and put them into play tapped, which allows landfall triggers to proc. Now, they normally use a land, it's a red land, it does 3 damage per landfall, a Velikuk. There we go. My brain finger's working today. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain. So they use Valakuk, the landfall triggers, they do three damage to target player or creature, and then they just immediately wipe them off the board. So when I saw Scapeshift coming in, I'm like, someone, someone's going to break it. They're going to find some way to do some landfall trigger. Well, I guess it's standard. They don't have anything yet. But now the new card came out in M20, Field of the Dead. I think that's saying that. Let me look at my notes. My notes tell all. And yes, Field of the Dead. Field of the Dead comes in, enters tapped. You can tap it for one colorless mana. Whenever Field of the Dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more lands with different names, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So essentially what you do is you just fill the deck with land fetches of any type. They're using you know Elvish Regenerator to find lands, Aboreal Grazer to put lands from their hand into battlefield and extra land. Growth Spiral, which I love that art. I don't know if uh, Felice has seen it. I should probably uh, send it to him after this. Seb McKinnon is my personal hero. But again, grow from the ashes so you can kick it. They also use the Gate Fetch card. And it's just all about putting those lands out. And of course, four copies of Scape Shift. And then I use Teferi for control. So this deck, it doesn't take much to get started. And once it gets rolling, it's essentially more or less limitless zombies. So you can use them to chump block. You can use the wall to swing in. And it's utterly overwhelming. Even with multiple board wipes, you're still not cutting it. So the only way that people have been able to deal with this deck consistently is using Field of Ruin. Just destroying the land, the field of the dead as it comes in, and moving on from there. I don't know how Magic's going to address this. I personally think there's going to be some sort of ban if it continues the way it is and someone doesn't find a solution. I don't see a solution besides using more land destruction. It's just not commonly used besides field of ruin. So I see I see a scapeshift ban. They don't want to hit the new land. It's uh, it, It's a new card from M20. They're they're gonna protect their uh their their latest card drop. There I'd see a scapeshift ban happening. So that's the world, at least the top world in standard at the moment. The next is modern. So we saw ouch. I just I just hit the wall. <laughs> you put that there, didn't you, please? Seriously beat his head off the wall right now. If only you guys could see that. I just just stubbed my toe. <laughs> it's reaching down. How dare I? But anyways, modern. So we just saw the recent ban of the Hogak combo, and they banned it out. Hogak's still legal, but the actual combo of using the whole graveyard synergy, the two turn two win combo, is gone. So people are, are rejoicing, but Hogak's still staying around. Hogak is now still top deck, and it's fun to play some dredge. Who knew? Who knew that a black green card that you could only use in the graveyard would be played there? I just I don't, I don't know. So that's still around. People hate it. But uh, 
the other changes, um, modern is still a very diverse place. Um, the things to note are Neoform's finally affordable. Everybody saw the Neoform combo. There's this wonderful new card from uh, War of the Spark that came out that allows you to fetch for a card that costs one CMC more and pull it out. So they are, let me pull up the deck here. They are using a card called Allosaurus Rider. Allosaurus Rider normally would cost seven mana, but instead you can remove two green cards from your hand and play it for free. It's only when it comes out, it's equal, its toughness is equal to the lands you control, so it's only normally going to be like the one one or one two, especially turn one. So it's not that big of a value, but using Neoform to sacrifice it and fetch allows you to get Gristlebrand, which just for people that don't understand the madness of Gristlebrand, it's 8 CMC, so that one more. Flying lifelink, but you're not swinging with it. You're going to use its ability, pay 7 life, draw 7 cards. So you only have so much life, so they're trying to find a combo. But until then, they have to use a combo called Nourishing Shoal. Nourishing Shoal exiles a green card. It costs X, rather than playing the spell's cost and you gain X life. So you want to exile things like Anchor Worm, which is you know, 15 total mana. That way you can keep uh, essentially drawing your whole deck for life. Once you draw a good enough amount of cards, you can use stuff like Simeon Spirit Guide to get mana. You use stuff like Metamorph to change, Metamorphose to change the color identity of your mana and draw cards. And then f- finish it up with playing Laboratory Maniac, drawing your whole deck and winning turn one. Now, this is not, this is a combo. This is not consistent turn one, but it does do efficient enough turn one with the new mulligan rules. It really does work pretty consistently. The London Mulligan has essentially made this deck at least what I would call tiered. I don't know if anybody watches um, MTD Goldfish's YouTube channel. They actually covered this deck really well and gave it a really solid you know, trial run before the London Mulligan was around. Even when this deck doesn't go off, you still have enough ways to find creatures, cheat out creatures, and swing in. So say your combo didn't go, well, guess what? You still have crystal brands, you still have anchor worms, you still have things to swing with. And it's a consistent enough deck that, in playtesting, it really does work well. But the big note is not this deck. This has been around for a little bit. It finally balanced out in price. When this came out, Allosaurus Riders spiked up to the moon, and now the whole deck is right around that $500 bill mark. And for modern, which you're sitting around, you know, up to two grand for a modern deck, uh, you should see Fleece's face right now. He's just wincing. He's like, mm, no, I got car payments. This sort of stuff hurts, man. That's a lot of money. Well, it's an investment in your, your magic future, you know? That's true. That's true. A $500 deck for what I call something, quote-unquote, tiered, that... It's the time, if you're into the deck, this is the time to purchase it. So, the next piece in the list is... I just want to just focus on the the meta. There's also a couple budget decks that are rotating in now. You know, with Hogak being a monster, people are trying to find ways to move faster with more damage. And Hammer Time. Colossus Hammer, coming from M20. It's, it's a ridiculous card. So, they're using this giant card, and once I pull up the card here, I'll read the exact stats for you. Uh, it's even labeled Hammer Time. I love love the name of this deck. But this deck is using Colossus Hammer. It's a one-drop artifact. It costs eight to equip it, and it gives creature 10 
10, but then it loses flying. There's a disadvantage. So in modern, which we have a lot more equipment pool to use, they're using stuff like Cordulist with double strike to make it even gross, which is a one-drop core soldier to really get in the damage. So they're going for that full first swing 2020 damage. But to get the whole combo off, they're needing to use Singarda's Aid. It's a one-drop enchantment. You may cast our equipment spells as though they had flash. Whenever the equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you attach it to a creature you control, bypassing the eight-cost equipment. They drop it for one, Singard's Aid, immediately equip it for free, and you're set right when it enters. Turn two, turn three, you're swinging for 2020. So this whole deck is ticking at about 100 bucks. That's right where I love, love budget magic. The other two are a little more uh, expected. With the new Modern Horizons box that came out, there's a new, essentially, Ball Lightning. Ball Lightning is an old three-drop card that allows you to swing in for a 6-1 trample creature. And then, again, at the end of your turn, you have to sacrifice it. They did a... I wouldn't say against the odds. It's an instant tech deck on MTG Goldfish about this as well. But the new card that they're using is Lightning Skelemental. It's, instead of three red, it's one black and two red. It's Trample Haste, just like the other one, six one, just like the other one. But when it deals damage to a player, they have to discard two cards. So it's, it's essentially slightly better, but you have to have a diverse red-black mana cost. So you put four ball lightning... You put four Lightning Skelementals, and as long as you have three mana, you're going to swing in for a ton. But the real trick of this is um, Thunderkin Awakener that just came in from M20, and that's what makes this deck sweet. Two-drop, haste, one-two card. Whenever Whenever Thunderkin Awakener attacks, choose target elements or creature in your graveyard with toughness less than... Thunder Awakener's Toughness, and he's a 1-2, so he's going to be able to grab all of those Ball Lightnings, all of those Lightning Skelementals. Every attack. It's Ball Lightning Recursion. It's really gross. So four of those, two sets of the Ball Lightning, essentially, and again, this deck is right around that... You can do $100 mark. There's uh, a lot of expense doing the season pyromancers and other things, but it really is a budget deck. People just, of course, add the fetches and other things, but this can really break modern. The last one is the level or combo, and this is really starting to get prominence now in budget magic. People originally just thought of the combo as soon as War of Spark came out. They saw the new Jace that essentially does the same Laboratory Maniac skills. Jace, Welder of Mysteries. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game instead of losing it. So that combo really, you know, you normally think you have to mill yourself, but with cards like Leveler, it's an old card from Mirrodin, it's a five-drop artifact creature. When Leveler comes into play, remove your library from the game. Instant win. So you just got to find your way, uh, your ways to control the board using Boomerang, Vapor Snag, straight-up Spell Pierces, any type of control. It's a mono-blue deck. This is really disgusting. Get those two pieces out, and you're set. This deck, again, is under 100 bucks, even with the old leveler card. So next, I'd like to go over some community news. One of the bigger things on Reddit is 
in UK, they have some local game store owners that are getting concerned with the price hikes that they're seeing. And a while ago, Magic decided to remove MSRP from their products. They thought it was a better way, instead of the internet trying to nickel and dime lower and lower prices to go against MSRP, that they remove it as a way to protect people's investments, maybe help stores make a little money. At least that's the idea behind it. The, the posts that you're seeing from these local game store owners in the UK are saying that the prices are going up ridiculous. You know, Normally, immediately you're thinking, well, the prices are just going up because of all the tariffs. You hear the 25% tariffs for imports, but it's really going above and beyond, at least the way that these st- uh, stores are describing. And it could be essentially one of two things. A pre-Brexit protection on the product to make sure that Magic's still going to make money by bringing product there which that's really my opinion, or two overlords at uh, Wizards decides that, you know, this is the first step of trying out no MSRP and we're now we're going to, you know, jack, uh, jack rates. That's really what people are, are concerned about. But for this particular instance, just because we're almost on top of Brexit and we already have the tariffs, I mean, this is, this is just a reaction to them protecting the product, but it's something to be aware of. If we see this happening in other areas where there's no tariffs or start to happen in the United States on certain products, that's where we got to you know, voice our opinion. So we're getting towards the end of the podcast here, at least for updates. So what I'd like to do is try to find, Fleece, what do we have for dates? I'd like to remind people of tournaments, even though it's worldwide. What's the next few upcoming? Yeah, in August, we actually got one going on right now, Magic Fest in Chiba. It's from the 2nd of August to the 4th, so at the uh, day of this recording, today's the last day. Right after that, from the 9th to the 11th, you have Magic Fest in Minnesota's own Minneapolis. Wait, wait, wait. So, again, we have Magic Fest here. That's right. So, what, what are we doing? Are, are we going? Oh, I don't know about Come that. Come on, much, man. But <laughs> that's 9 to 11. I don't know. Um, right after that, though, maybe a week or so later, we could go to Birmingham for the Magic Fest there on the 16th to the 18th. You up for that? Otherwise, there's always the Las Vegas Magic Fest, which is the 22nd to the 25th, and that about covers the month of August. For listeners that don't know, Fleece and I actually both live in Minnesota, so us not going to the Minneapolis ones makes me cry. You know, it's here. We'll have to wait all the way till next year before we go. That's right. Don't worry, buddy. He just wanted to go to Vegas. We'll get out there. Yeah, any excuse to go to Las Vegas. Uh, So I'd like to talk a little bit about the Netflix series. There's big hype, at least my big hype over this. We've been talking about, in the Magic community, having a movie for Magic the Gathering for a long time. You know, we saw the movie for World of Warcraft. You know, people. some people liked it. Some people hated it. But we just want to finally have some content really painting out some story of Magic. And Netflix decided to take this head on. They talked the Russo brothers into getting this. Yes, yes, Fleece is on this one. Wow. Fleece is not a, a avid Magic player. He's dabbled. He's he's the producer. So he's got his That's own right. skill set. But once I said Russo brothers, he's like, Affinity War. He's on this. <laughs> I'm in. He, he's got way. this. Give me a Thanos card. I'll start playing. <laughs> well, I mean, what are they supposed to do? They Affinity War's over. Disney's iffy about, you know, giving them other contracts. It's going to be a Magic ways in the, the future. It's, Done. It's, uh, open market for them. So they released some uh, promo art for it. It's got a sweet Chandra picture. But no, it's going to, again, Rooster Brothers, they're going to be heading the whole project. And 
from what we're seeing is they're going to not go exact to the story, but they're going to keep all the elements of the story. I'm assuming they're going to do something like they did with Marvel. They did they did the movie where it wasn't going it was based upon the comics, but it wasn't the exact story of the comics. And I think that's really what we need. We're not asking for anything where oh, you have to do every detail. No, that there's too much story to show even in a Netflix series. So if they can keep, you know, Chandra's abilities, you know, keep keep the essence of it while telling maybe a new spin. I mean, that's all we can ask for, but super exciting stuff. So the last piece in the special is keeping up with the latest memes. Fleece is a uh, avid meme goer, so I uh, I'm gonna confess to, to my audience. I'm a, I'm a big Reddit user, and I don't recommend going to the site. So don't do this. Don't try this at home. But uh, magic, the circle jerking. <laughs> That's the uh, subreddit I, I really just love all my memes from. But this last week has been making fun of the card um, Scheming Symmetry. It's it's a beautiful card. It's made by Sam McKinnon, the artwork on there. It looks like a, um old-time you know poker card, at least of the art on there with daggers and people's, uh, in each other's necks. But the idea of the card is pay one black. You get to tutor for whatever you want and put it on top of your deck. And so does your selected opponent. So the idea is you get to tutor for one with no downside, and your enemy does as well. I'm a mill player, so this was like my hot card. If I can tutor my own and then mill away their card they put on top, all the better. But they're actually making fun of it because it's a scheming symmetry, and it's unsymmetrical. Whee! <laughs> I just read in the mic. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> But uh, I've been following along in this uh, this meme, and the reason I bring it up is not because finding memes is news, but if you could help me out and go to our Facebook page this week in MTG on Facebook, please share you know all of your shit posts, anything you know. We want conversation. We want to know what you want to share in the podcast. We're gonna watch our listeners, and above all else, if you got some great memes, hit us up, please, please. So again, guys, thanks. We'll try to do this uh, once a week. This was a very winded podcast. I was trying to essentially get you guys on board. I'm going to make a, these a bit smaller. Just grab the you know, hot topics. And again, we're, we're waiting for our listeners to see what content that they want on board. So thanks so much. And uh, fleece out. Fleece out. Fleece out. Wait, wait, wait. He was doing this keyboard rift earlier. Just think of it like an intro. Uh-huh. Well, the keyboard shut off. Now, oh, did it? So it went to. The keyboard yeah. slept? That's right. All right. We leave you with this. That's completely wait, wait. original chord. Original? Here. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, no. Seriously, follow guys. and subscribe. Or is it just follow? I. You know what? Subscribe, follow, like, share. It's it's oh my! It's on Spotify. It's already on Stitcher. We have the RSS feed on the website. Thisweekinmgd.com. That's us. Please share with your friends. Share it up. Outro done. <laughs>